It is, it is time. Well, welcome to uh, the very first called for by the bylaws annual meeting of Grace Anglican Church. We did meet in the spring. We had to sort of vote on a few things to actually become an official church. But we want to have our practice be having our annual meeting in the fall. So this is when we are going to regularly schedule our annual meeting. So we're considering this the first one. As we should, let us begin with a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you to be here, not only this morning, but with this church at all times. Lead us, speak to us, show us the way. May our wills be conformed to yours so that your purposes might be accomplished through us. We pray all of this in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So before we begin proper, I wanted to spend just a minute or two uh, saying a bit about what this meeting is not going to be. Um, Because not only might it not be like annual meetings you have attended before, but it's not actually even going to be like annual meetings we will have in the future. Uh, First of all, We will not be electing new vestry members today. That will be a feature of future annual meetings, but our our bylaws provide for the founding vestry to serve for three years as a unit in the interest of stability and foundation setting before members begin rotating off and need to be replaced. So we'll elect our first new vestry members in the fall of 2021, again, with the flying cars. Um, We will also, at this meeting, not be presenting a 2020 budget. You have in your handouts a reminder of our 2019 budget with a year-to-date budget versus actual comparison that will give you an idea of what we're doing compared to what we said we were going to do. Our plan is to have another parish meeting, a shorter, more focused one, in the spring, specifically to talk about the 2020 budget that we will present to you at that time. So we're going to talk mostly about vision today, and then we will have sort of our stewardship fundraising campaign through the fall. Then we will pray about and create a budget to present to you in the early new year And that's when we'll talk details about the 2020 budget. So this is what we're going to do today. Um, A little bit later, John Mand, our treasurer, who's in the room somewhere, there he is. He and I will be happy to answer questions about where where we stand as regards our 2019 budget. And you can also feel free to call me, call John, email us. We don't have to sort of hack out the nitty gritty. Although, in my opinion, there's not a lot of nitty gritty to hack out. Uh, here at this meeting this morning. Uh, We do have one sort of order of business to take care of quickly, and that is to approve an amended version of our Articles of Incorporation, which are the very first thing that you have there in your handout. Uh, Gary Whitecamp, who joined the vestry since our last parish meeting, took a look at the Kentucky State Statute and found that Our articles of incorporation were not quite in line with it. 
They weren't like wildly out of touch, but they weren't quite exactly right. So the amended version that you have in your handout brings us into line with state law. And there's nothing particularly noteworthy about it, as I understand it from the expert, but it is a procedural item that we need to check off the agenda. So I am going to call for a motion to adopt the amended version of Grace Anglican Church's Articles of Incorporation. And just to be proper, these motions and votes, and this is the only one we're going to actually have this morning, uh, but these motions and votes need to come from people with signed launch team covenants and pledge cards on file. We'll talk more about that as we get into um, membership and what that means in the future. But for now, that's what it means to be a member, a signed launch team covenant and a pledge card on file. So can somebody move? Rob Greger moves to uh, accept the amended um, articles. Do I have a second? Second. All in favor of amending, as you see there, the... Articles of Incorporation, say aye. 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 I'm going to just assume there are no nays, right? Anyone opposed? All right, good. So thank you. Um, as I said, uh, you'll also find in your handout some financial information about how we're doing so far this year. You see the uh, comparison of budget to actual 2019, and you see the balance sheet in there as well. Um, You can take a quick look at it now. I'm going to sort of not give you that long to look at it now. I I, I realize that we didn't provide it to in advance. Most of that is because we honestly don't think that there's that much noteworthy about it. We're doing very well as compared to how we thought we would. We're, We're in line with where we hoped to be. We are doing the things that we wanted to be doing and we're ahead of where we hoped to be in a lot of areas. But if after a quick glance you have questions that John or I could answer, uh, we'll entertain those now. And as I said, um, if you think of something later, uh, we will not be closed off to you. You should feel free to email or phone call us. But is there anything now that catches anybody's eye quickly that we need to address? You may notice the one thing that jumped out to me was that our pledge to the diocese is actually much higher than we anticipated. That's because we are choosing to give them 10%, not of what we expected to have as income, but what we actually got. So we are bringing in more offerings than we thought we would. And so we are proportionally um, sending more to support the work of the church more broadly um, than we thought we would. I, I know I'm sort of throwing this at you You haven't seen this before, but um, feel free to look at it at your leisure and let us know if you have any questions. We we have nothing to hide. (laughs) Um, I want to now invite Micah to come up. Is this on? Is this on? So Micah is going to um, share a senior warden's report. Senior warden is the Anglican word for sort of key lay leader. Um, He is... Um, I'm the chair of the vestry, but Micah is um, on the the vestry and um, our sort of head and key lay leader for the church. (laughs) I have have three three things to say. Uh, The first is um, Nick standing up here talking a lot. So I just want to say the vestry, uh, we meet uh, 
once a month, once every five weeks, uh, four to five weeks. And uh, we've talked through this stuff that Nick will say for hours. Uh, and Nick and I have also talked, uh, Nick and I have also talked uh, one-on-one. Uh, we're fully behind Nick and this vision. And uh, it's not perfect. We're always open to dialogue. But we're prayerfully looking forward to, uh, to 2020. And uh, we're thankful for you, Nick. Second thing. Paul says uh, in 1 Thessalonians, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, this is a personal uh, word. I am so thankful for each of you. I am so thankful for Grace Anglican Church, what we've been doing this a year And in some ways, a year and a half, and I am just overwhelmed with gratitude and thankfulness. And the relationships that I have been able to establish with a a lot of you and how uh, relationships have grown with many of you, um, I am so, so thankful. And Nick and I, I'm so thankful for both of you. Um, The blessing you all are to my family. And... um, and I, I'm also thankful for this. And I was, again, listening to Nick uh, this morning preach our sermon. All organizations, including churches, have, have a brand, have something they're constantly presenting to themselves and to the public. It's just it's the way uh, reality works. It's the way human nature works. And, uh, that, and that's either done consciously or unconsciously. And I am so thankful that... We have a conscious message, and it's a gift of God's grace. The message is a gift, and the awareness to be able to to give the message is a gift. But I am so thankful that we have the message of the gospel to give the world. There are a lot of things the church can say. There are a lot of things the Bible says, and we need to say them. Um, But there's only one thing that the church can say to the world, and that is the love of Jesus Christ for you. And I'm so thankful. I just, it just I feel carried along in it that we have the message of the gospel to give ourselves and to give the world. Third thing, okay? Please pray for Nick. Pray, pray for the vestry. Pray for our church. We have service opportunities in 2020. We have prayer opportunities. Uh, we have opportunities in Louisville. We have opportunities around the world. Please pray for our church. Pray for our community that we truly can give uh, the message of the finished work of Jesus Christ to a worn-out world, to a worn-out Louisville, um, the good news that Jesus is for you in your place. Thank you. Thank you. On to my rector's report, which I do want to um, echo what Micah said. I want to um, share my thanks for the vestry and all the conversations we have had that are supporting what you're about to hear from me. Certainly, it is my uh, called role here to be sort of the visionary leader in a sense, but this is not something that I do all by myself. Um, I have these this sort of called group of very committed helpers 
All of them except for one are here this morning. I just want, in case you don't know who your vestry is, I'd like to just introduce them really quick. You don't have to stand up or applaud or anything, but you can applaud at the end if you want. So just raise your hand. You obviously just met Micah Childs, um, Rebecca Bora there, Rolinda Gregor here in the front, John Mand there, uh, Gary Whitecamp back in the corner, Robbie Brown there, and Michael Neal is on the vestry as well. He was the only one who was unable to be with us this morning. And their care, their prayer, their support, and their wisdom is, is in every sentence of what I'm about to say to you now. And what I want to say to you now is basically three things. I want to first talk about the vision of this church, both in general and as we move toward 2020. Uh, my wife, as many of you know, is an optometrist, and she says that optometrists have been waiting their whole lives for next year to be able to talk about your 2020 vision. <laughs> and that's, that's the first thing that I want to talk to you about, our 2020 vision. And, <laughs> and then, since you're going to be so excited by the vision... I'm going to talk about membership. So that's the second thing that I'll talk about this morning. What does it mean to join a church that is going to be about pursuing this vision? And finally, at the end, I'm going to talk about stewardship, how members can financially fuel the church for the pursuing of its vision. So those are my three things that I want to accomplish this morning. Vision, membership, and stewardship. So there's a sense in which as Micah alluded to, our vision is simple. We exist to proclaim Christ's finished work to a worn-out world. That's on the front page of our website. We filter everything we do through that prism, and that's not going to change. Unless I get struck blind and knocked off my horse, or run into a burning bush out in the wilderness... Our vision will be to remain a church that is committed to the relentless proclamation of Christ's finished work for sinners, both inside and outside the church, who so desperately need to hear it. That will be our vision in 2020, 2021, 2030, and so on. But what does that actually look like every day? Well, as Anglicans, one of the main things it looks like is a weekly gathering of the body of Christ to come before a holy God, confess our sins, hear the scriptures, hear the good news about Jesus Christ, celebrate God's forgiveness of our sins in Holy Communion, eating bread and drinking wine that symbolizes Jesus' body and blood broken and shed for us. But it means more than that too. That weekly gathering is in a sense the fuel that allows us to go out into the world proclaiming the good news that we've just been filled with. We as a church put hands and feet on our overarching vision to proclaim Christ's finished work to a worn out world by actually doing something in that world to lead it to Christ. And in 2020, we're planning to do that in three specific ways. So all of these come under our overarching vision to proclaim Christ's finished work to a worn out world, we're going to do that in three ways. First, our vision for the next year is to move significantly closer to a new permanent home. Now, on the surface, this might seem a little more inwardly focused than it does like going out into the world. 
But ask anyone who has had to do a hard day's work about how important their restful home is. People with a stable home are able to accomplish so much more outside of it. Now, I want to be realistic with you. It's very unlikely that at our 2020 annual meeting we'll be in a building that we own. But that's not the only way to realize this vision. We are already, as you'll see in your handout, putting a significant portion of our operating budget toward a building fund. And we will do that and more in 2020. Rebecca Bora and other key leaders and some motivated, eagle-eyed volunteers are constantly seeking out more appropriate space for us. We are committed over the next year to making significant progress in this endeavor, and we will continue to update you, anyone who's interested about that progress, on the first Sunday of every month immediately after church. That is our commitment to you. Now, we do actually have some favorable winds blowing in our direction. For instance, we've been in contact with a private, like-minded institution which is engaged in the construction of a new building, actually modeled after Anglican worship spaces. This institution is at least open to the idea of building this building with us in mind as a tenant. Now, it wouldn't be appropriate to be more specific than that now. I know that's a tease. I'm sorry. Uh, And that particular option is probably about two years in the future. But please be in prayer for the next space, whatever that next space that the Lord is preparing us for is. In fact, we have a meeting with another school, a potentially easier one, this week. So please pray for us as we discern uh, where the Lord would have us worshiping and meeting to celebrate his resurrection week by week. Rest assured, we are not sitting around satisfied with what we have. That said, it would be wrong not to acknowledge what a blessing Wilder Elementary has been to us. They're accommodating, flexible, well-located, and not to be too crass about it, cheap. (laughs) Obviously, there are some things about this place that are not ideal. We have no weekday access. We have no storage. We have three basketball hoops in our faces at all times. But we have been able to save a significant sum toward whatever's next in a very short amount of time. And in the world of church planting, spending many years in a school situation, and usually a school situation much less favorable than this one, is the norm. In truth, we are far ahead of where most churches are at our age. So we are thankful to God for the gift of Wilder and its administration. And yet, we are looking always for a home that's ours. And in 2020... We plan to move significantly closer to finding it. Secondly, we plan to hire a children's minister in 2020. We have been blessed with a large number of children in our church, and we are obligated to preach to them, to teach them, to care for them, not as the church of tomorrow, but as the church of today, of right now. In the one year that Grace Anglican has existed, we have benefited greatly from the ministry of many volunteers who have cared for our children, taught the Bible to them, reminded them of Jesus' love for them, 
I'm thinking specifically of our Sunday school teachers, Jill Keeney, Janet Danaher, and Jason Pora, and the flotilla of parents and other loving adults who have lent a hand. Naming them would entail just reading the parish directory. We are incredibly thankful for their ministry. Unique among them, though, is the ministry of Tiffany Childs. Tiffany and Micah hosted the prayer meetings that would become Grace Anglican Church in their home. And children were an obvious blessing and, well, I won't say curse, but, but they were an obvious challenge from the very beginning. Suffice it to say, there were lots of kids running around from day one. And Tiffany is the one who came up with policies and procedures, who hired caregivers, who got them background checked and trained, who evaluated and purchased curriculum, who bought toys, took plastic mats home to be cleaned, who served and served and served. We are able to move forward today because of the work that she did from the beginning. I'd like us all to take a brief moment to recognize her now. to give her a small token of our thanks, an opportunity to be ministered to as you have ministered to us. Thank you, Tiffany. As of this month, Brian Lilly, back there in the corner, has agreed to serve as our children's ministry team leader, Brian and his wife, Samantha, along with their children, adding to the number Um, have recently come to us from Sojourn Community Church, where Brian was a pastor, and he will help me oversee the care of the children of Grace Church in a gospel-saturated way, caring for them, keeping them safe, teaching them the Bible and the faith, and securing them in the love of Christ. But in 2020, we plan to give this ministry to a staff pastor, someone working at least part-time with ministry to children as their main focus. Finally, in 2020, we will deepen our relationships with our mission partners. Our local partner, Refuge International, is an organization with which we have had some connection over the last few months. A group of us went to an orientation in September, and then a few weeks later, we had a great crowd of people cheering on a refugee soccer team in Refuge in Refuge's annual Louisville United Soccer Tournament. For those who don't know, Refuge's mission is to partner with local churches to love refugees and immigrants. They are an expressly evangelistic organization committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who may have never heard it before. And in 2020, we plan to become more involved with them, specifically in the formation of at least one welcome team a group of five to ten individuals who will be assigned a recently relocated refugee family to care for for six months. You can be in prayer, as I said in the service, as Refuge has recently asked us to welcome a Syrian Muslim family starting in just the next few weeks. And as we continue to partner with Refuge, welcome teams will ordinarily involve everything from greeting refugee families at the airport, helping them furnish a home, to helping them navigate places of great confusion in America, like the DMV or Kroger. It will also include introducing them to Jesus Christ. 
Now, we won't stop serving them and loving them if they reject Jesus, of course, but Refuge's belief and ours is that the best way to love someone is to tell them the good news about their Savior. There's going to be another refuge orientation in November and plenty of other ways outside of welcome teams to get involved. Please see George here in the front row. If you're interested in partnering with us through Refuge, whether it's being on a welcome team, praying for a welcome team, or one of the many other ways that Refuge International ministers to this needy population. In the spring of 2020... We plan to send a team of people to the Gahini Diocese in Rwanda to explore the contours of a partnership we've entered into with an organization called Friends of Gahini, which is an Anglican organization committed to strengthening that area of the church and the proclamation of Jesus Christ there. And this will be our international missions partnership. And to tell you more about that, I have a video which was prepared by Alan Hawkins, who is director of the Anglican Church of the Redeemer in Greensboro, North Carolina. And he is the chairman of the board of Friends of Gahini. Uh, So I'm going to sort of sneak behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz, turn the lights off, and then start the video. So, Greetings, U.S. Anglican. I'm Alan Hawkins. I'm the rector of Church of the Redeemer in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we're so, so excited to have this video presentation for you about the um, sister church relationship that we have in the Diocese of Gahini in Rwanda. There's a number of folks I want to introduce to you and then bring greetings from a very special guest today. First of all, Madeline Umuahoro is a part of a nonprofit agency in Rwanda called Musicor, and they run on their side of the ocean this project that we have and that you are joining. Secondly, on the back is Alan Lojosa. Alan's a part of our church here in Greensboro, North Carolina, and is uh, looking at ways to develop an emerging coffee business with the Diocese of Kahini, so he'll be on a trip in the spring. On the front row is Candace Vimont, who's a member of Church of the Good Shepherd in um, Clemens, North Carolina. And so in our partnership relationship, there are three churches that we are seeing a part of this. First of all, Church of the Redeemer in Greensboro, Church of the Good Shepherd in Clemens, North Carolina, and of course, Grace Anglican in Louisville. So um, Candace is a part of this team and works to help facilitate this relationship from her church. On the front row is also Victoria Hassel, who helps with our trip year after year, the Fellows Program, our, our training program for recent college graduates. And she helps us um, as we acclimate to this trip and the cross-cultural experience and a lot of details around that. Also on the front row is Rachel Yao. Rachel is the director of Friends of Gahini. Friends of Gahini is a 501c3 company here in the United States that also participates in the coordination of this event and helps us channel money and funds and opportunities to the Diocese of Tahini. On the back row is Dr. Dr., Jason Myers, who's a professor, New Testament professor, and helps run the pastor's conference that we at least do with our sister church, but we're wanting to develop throughout the whole diocese. And then lastly on the back row here is Reverend Jonathan Munikazi, 
who's the pastor of the East African congregation here in Greensboro, North Carolina, and also attends this trip year after year. Jonathan was ordained through the Diocese of Gahini and is now transferred into our Diocese, Christ Our Hope. Last but not least is a very special guest that we have with us, Bishop Manasseh Gahima, who is the newly elected and second bishop of the Diocese of Gahini, and he's going to bring some greetings. Oh, greetings, brothers and sisters. We are so excited to partner with you, and you're welcome to Gahini, Rwanda. Amen. So we are very excited for you to join this, and we pray all the wisdom that you could have as you discern this, and um, as that comes about, just know this is a team of people who are here to help and work with you. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Bye. So you'll hear more about this partnership as we move forward in time. Um, but it is, like our other mission partnerships, going to be all about the ongoing proclamation of Jesus Christ in the Gahini Diocese of Rwanda, which our diocese has had a long-standing relationship with. We will continue to strengthen them to do their work there, and they will strengthen us to continue our proclamatory work here. So these are our visions for 2020, the ways in which we plan to put hands and feet on the vision that overarches all visions to proclaim Christ's finished work to this worn-out world. We will move closer to a permanent home. We will strengthen our ministry to children by hiring a minister called to work with them, and we will deepen our mission partnerships. So, join us. Join us as we seek to achieve these visions, as we pursue them. But what does that mean? What does it look like to join Grace Anglican Church? The first thing I want to say is that anyone, absolutely anyone, is welcome to worship here with us. And all baptized Christians are welcome to the Lord's table at communion, no matter what your membership status is. But if you want to officially join this church, there are a few steps. First, I should point out that y'all are going to be our very first members. How cool is that? For the first year of our life as a church, we didn't have members. We had a launch team. We asked people to commit to staying with us for at least a period of one year to give us a chance to get on our feet and find out who we were going to be. And now that that year is over, and even though in a lot of ways we are still a baby church plant trying to get on our feet or stay there, we're ready to have members. And hopefully you've seen enough to know that you want to be one. Now I should say at this point, just to give you a frame of reference, that at our official launch in January, we had 54 adult launch team members who came with 48 children. How's that for a ratio? (laughs) 54 adult launch team members who came with 48 children. We now have 59 pledging adults and about the same number of children and a roster of about 150 regular attenders. A great sign of a healthy and growing church is not only actual physically numbers of humans in the door, it's actually a financial one, It's when the unpledged income line is healthy and robust. So if you actually were to look in your handout there, you'll see that the unpledged income line is really big. That means that people who aren't yet pledging 
are generously giving to the church. And not for nothing, but will likely become members in the future. For instance, we've had almost $50,000 of unpledged gifts so far this year. Approximately, in fact, about a fifth of all gifts were from people who have not yet pledged. This is great news for the future health of this church and for the commitment level of future members. So, what is membership? In the Anglican Church, there are two kinds of members. There are members of a local church, like this one, which will be the most important thing for you to understand. And then there are members of the denomination as a whole, the Anglican Church in North America. You can be, though, a member of Grace Anglican Church without, quote-unquote, becoming an Anglican. More on that in a second. There are basically four criteria that must be met to be a member of Grace Anglican, and they are elucidated in the membership covenant that's in your handout. You can take that home and look at it, or you can just fill it out and sign it today and hand it in. First, you must be a baptized Christian. That is, we ask that you confess your faith in Christ crucified or have had that faith confessed for you as an infant. Second, you must attend the exploration class. This is a 12-week class that I'll teach. I'm teaching the next one this spring that will serve as an introduction to Christianity, to Anglicanism, and to our church specifically. And since all members will have been through this class, we'll all be starting out on the same foot together. In case you're wondering, I did teach the class last year, and if we have a signed launch team covenant from you, you're going to be grandfathered in. Uh, We didn't take attendance really rigorously at that class. It was sort of the Wild West back in those days. Um, I understand that 12 weeks is a lot to ask, but the vestry and I decided that we wanted to ask a lot. We wanted membership at this church to be something that people take seriously. So I've decided that if you can't commit to attend in person at least nine of the 12 weeks and listen to the other three as recordings, we'll ask you to delay your membership until after the next time you can attend at least nine of the 12. And again, we want membership at Grace to be a serious undertaking. Fourthly and finally... Members will have a current pledge card on file with the church. There is no minimum amount to qualify for membership, but in the same way that we're asking you to sacrifice your time to something important as you go through the exploration class, we will also, along with the New Testament, by the way, ask you to sacrifice of your finances. Our prayer is that the leadership of this church will be so guided by the Holy Spirit that our vision will be an easy one to get behind. And that you'll give out of excitement rather than obligation. As scripture says, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And I'll say more about that in a moment too. Now joining the Anglican Church in North America, the ACNA, our denomination, requires one further step, which is confirmation. Joining the ACNA is only required for vestry service or if you will eventually seek ordination in this church. Confirmation is the adult confirming of the faith and promises made on your behalf at your baptism. Normally it's available once per year or uh, once every 18 months when the bishop comes to visit. The exploration class also serves 
as our confirmation class. So if you've been through that class, you are prepared for confirmation. So that's membership in a nutshell. Of course, I am always free to answer any and all further questions about what it means to be a member of this church. But the final thing that I want to say in terms of membership has to do with ministry. Because every member of this church is a minister. And it will be my expectation that at the urging and direction of the Holy Spirit, each member will find themselves somewhere on our ministry plan, doing ministry. Now, we have many outlets of ministry, from singing in the choir and worship, or teaching Sunday school, or to going to Rwanda on a missions trip, or joining a welcome team through Refuge International, or setting up and tearing down the nursery, or towing the trailer to the fall retreat. These are all crucial ministries in a church like this one. So talk to me about what your ministry might look like. We will find a ministry for you. I completely understand, however, that some people need a time in church to just sit and be ministered to. And that's fine. In fact, that's what we do here. When we say we're about announcing Christ's finished work to a worn-out world, the worn-out world we mean includes you. But we also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. So... When I use the word expectation, when I say it will be my expectation, I'm not saying so much that I have expectations of you as much as I'm saying I have expectations of the Holy Spirit to be at work. I trust that after a time of needed rest and refreshment, members will be ready to engage in ministry in some form. And I'm excited to see what all your ministries will look like. So we've talked about our vision We've talked about how you can join us in working toward that vision, how you can be a member of this church. And now I want to talk briefly about financially giving toward the work of the church in service of this vision. And the controlling illustration for me of what it means to give to a church comes from two different passages of Scripture that I want to talk about just briefly. The first is Jesus' interaction with a rich young man who thinks that he has been an obedient law keeper his whole life. Now, despite this belief that he's been obedient for his whole life, he comes to Jesus and asks what he can do to be saved. And Jesus, perceiving that this young man thinks he's really good, proceeds to tell him what real goodness is in terms of his financial stewardship of God's gifts to him. He tells him what goodness really looks like. He says, go, sell everything you have, give the proceeds to the poor, and follow me. And the man, coming face to face with the truth about himself, that he doesn't at all want to give everything away, goes away sad. So hold on to that for a second. The second piece of scripture is from Isaiah 55, which I know I've talked about a lot, but it's one of my favorites. This scripture is a scripture in which God promises that in the same way that rain necessarily provides growth from the ground, his word that goes forth from his mouth will not return to him empty. It will accomplish the purposes for which he sent it. Now, the first story, the one about the rich young man, should afflict you in just the same way it afflicted him. 
like him, you're not going to give everything away either. A good and biblical model for giving to a local church is the tithe, 10% of your income. But Jesus doesn't ask for 10% or even 30% or 50%. Jesus wants everything. Now, there's some freedom in knowing the truth about yourself, isn't there? There's some freedom in knowing, in realizing that we're not going to give away everything. We are sinners enough to know that we want some things for ourselves. But we don't have to go away sad like the rich young man because we don't think of ourselves as good. We know that it is Jesus who has been good for us. So now that you know yourself and you know that you're not going to buy your salvation with 100% generosity, what do you want to give? This is the question that you'll have to ask yourself. What do you want to give? Knowing that God's word proclaimed will actually accomplish the purposes he has for it. How do you want to get on board? So give. But not because you want Jesus to think that you're a good steward. Give, but not because you want God to be happy with you. God is happy with you because of Jesus. Give because you're excited about the future of Grace Anglican Church. Give because you love our vision, the vision that we feel like the Holy Spirit is calling us into. Give because you want this church to have a place to call its own, a place where we can establish a ministry in a neighborhood and proclaim the gospel to a community. Give because you want this church to proclaim the gospel to its children in the best way with a minister specifically called to that critical work. Give because you want this church to involve itself deeply in the lives of its mission partners, both here and abroad. Give because you want Christ's finished work to continue to be proclaimed to this worn out world. Because that proclamation will not return to God empty. It will not be a waste of your financial resources. God will accomplish his purposes and he will use us because of you to do it. Over the next few weeks, I'll be sending a couple of letters to you in the mail, like the actual physical mail, explaining some of what we're thinking about in terms of financial stewardship for 2020. I'll even going to be recording some videos and sharing them online, teaching about God's plan for your money. The Bible talks a lot about money, and it will be worth our time to investigate some of what it says. We'll have pledge cards for you to fill out starting next week, in addition to the membership covenants that you have in your handout. Now, your handout also includes financial information. It includes a balance sheet, as well as a comparison of year-to-date actual numbers with budget numbers. The budget is what we told you we'd do. The actual numbers are what we're actually doing. And I think you'll see that we are being good stewards of your gifts. And we plan to continue to be good stewards in the future. After this fall season, after the pledge cards have been collected and the membership covenants signed, the finance team will lay out a budget. The vestry will discuss it, approve it, and then we'll share that budget with you guys early in the new year. There's a lot 
of ins and outs, lots of things going on. It's going to be a busy fall. We're going to be doing lots of things. Teaching Bible studies, talking about money, worshiping, going on social events, all sorts of things. But most of all, we're going to keep on doing what we've been doing from the beginning and what we'll keep on doing as long as we have breath in our lungs. We'll proclaim Christ's finished work to this worn out world. And I couldn't be more excited to be along for the ride. Let's pray. Dear God, we are so grateful for your church. This church, to be sure, but all the outposts of gospel proclamation in the world. But we do pray especially for this church, gathered in this place, serving in this time. Lead us, we pray. Show us the direction you would have us go. Speak clearly to us. Continue to bless us so that we might bless others. Remind us of your good news, your son's saving work for us, so that we can proclaim it to others. Be with us and walk with us now as we go our separate ways and keep us until we come together again. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.